Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. It's the most common story that is told in the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about many stories, talking especially about the Jews, and how they, they, they dealt with Prophet Musa and Harun, and how they, how they dealt with many prophets, and they killed the prophets. So all of these stories, we have listened to it in the month of Ramadan. We have listened to it during the recitation of the Quran. And we hope that we understand what it means. And we hope that we know what it means. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in these ayat, in this surah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking and addressing us and telling us about the stories of Bani Israel, with Musa alayhi salam and other prophets. There are lessons. There are lessons for us to learn. And at the same time, also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the stories of the Yahud with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam migrated to Medina, once he reached Medina, he established something called the state registration of Medina, in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated what's the relationship among the Muslims. What's the relationship between the Muslims themselves? What's the relationship between the Muslims and the Jews around the Medina? And as we know, around the Medina, they were living Jews. Many tribes were living around the Medina, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he migrated to Al-Medina, because he migrated as a prophet, and at the same time as a leader to Al-Medina, as a leader to the new state that's been established. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants him to establish a constitution. How to go and deal. The Muslims deal with each other, and at the same time how the Muslims deal with the Jews, the Christians. And part of that agreement was that the Prophet and the Muslims will defend the Yahud. And the Yahud, at the same time, if there is a threat to Al-Medina, they will also support and defend it, and support the Muslim in defending it. Part of that agreement was, if there is a blood money, someone killed someone, and there is a blood money to be paid, that they will support the Muslims and help them in paying that. At the same time, the Muslims will be doing that too. So this part was the covenant that was done and signed and agreed on by the Prophet and the tribes around the Medina. After Ghazwat Badr and after Ghazwat Uhud, the Jews who were living around the Medina, especially in the fourth year of Al Hijrah, the Prophet ﷺ, he wanted to pay blood money to, for two people. A blood money, blood money which is called the Diyya, it's 100 camels. It's a lot of money. So the Prophet ﷺ, based on the agreement 
and based on what he agreed with the, with the Yahud who are around the Medina, the Prophet وسلم, decided to go to Ben al-Nadir. So I'm going to talk about the Ghazwat Ben al-Nadir. And Ghazwat Ben al-Nadir, the details of it is actually detailed in Surah Al-Hashr. In Surah Al-Hashr, all Surah Al-Hashr talks about the details of Ghazwat Ben al-Nadir. Surah Al-Hashr that we have recited it and listened to it during the month of Ramadan and also during the different months when we're reciting the Quran, it talks about that incident. So the Prophet takes Abu Bakr and Umar and Ali and he goes to Banu Nadir and he tells them that he wants them to participate in the blood money. That's part of the agreement. This is what we agreed on. You have to participate in that. So the heads, the heads of the Jews, Banu Nadir, what they said, this is an opportunity for us. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was laying his back to the house and sitting. So they conspired and planned quickly. Quickly conspired and planned. You go and read this in the seerah. This is in the seerah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Go to the books of the seerah and you read it. They planned to kill the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And they wanted someone to go and climb on top of the house and throw a big stone on the, on the Prophet and finish him. The Prophet that we love, that we sacrifice with our life, they want to go and kill him the way that they used to kill the Prophets. This is what Allah told us about them. So they plotted. But Allah is there. Allah is protecting his Prophet. Allah is keeping his promise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends Jibreel to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and immediately telling him what they are planning to do. Once he gets the news, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stands up and leaves without seeing anything. The Sahaba who were with him, he thought that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa just going to do something and come back. They waited. It took a long time. Then they left and went back to Medina and the Prophet وسلم, told them the story. Yes. Told them their plot and their plan to kill the Prophet. And he told them the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has to go and take revenge. Because they break, they broke the covenant with the Prophet. They broke their teeth. And the Jews, they're known for this. This is not the first time. They have done it before with other prophets and they are doing it with the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, to kill him. But Allah is there, all watching. Allah is watching what everyone is doing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching that. So the Prophet وسلم, prepared an army. That army and, and Banu Nadir is just about two kilometers away from Al Medina. And that army, so the, most of the Muslims were walking. They don't need the horses, they don't need the camels. Most of them were walking. So they get to the area of Banu Nadir. They seized that area. And that area was known for the most best palm trees. The best that produces dates. The good dates. It was their, it was their income. Most of them from there, they spend their time, they spend their time planting these trees and taking care of it for years. Now the Prophet وسلم, with the Muslims, they received that area, they received them. And they, 
they hide themselves in their fortress. And they have food. They knew that the Prophet ﷺ is coming. So they had food and they secured themselves and everything. The sea, when you go back to the Sira, some say it lasted between 7 to 15 days. And then the Prophet ﷺ start cutting some of the palm trees. The Yahud start saying, Oh Muhammad, why are you doing this? Musa السلام, in his book as a prophet, he did not command us to, and he did not command cutting the trees. Why are you cutting the trees? Some of the Muslims, because they knew that this is a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they are going to get Banir and everything that they have, it will be theirs. Because in Badr, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks in, in Surah Al-Anfal talks about how to distribute the booty of war. So they, they know that they will be winning because that's the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they wanted to keep the trees for themselves. They don't want it to be cut or burned. But that was the problem. And some said, no, we need to cut it because that puts fear in the, in the hearts of Banu Nadir. And that's what happened. The fear put in the hearts of Banu Nadir. And then Banu Nadir, they surrendered to the, they surrendered to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They end up agreeing on that they have to, they will be leaving their homes. They have to leave their area and go to Bilal al-Sham. That was the agreement. So they evacuate everything and then they go to Bilal al-Sham. And they can only carry with them whatever one horse or one camel can carry. Each family will have one horse or one camel and can put everything they can and then they leave. That's it. You plotted and planned to kill the Prophet. This is this was the agreement at the end that's gonna happen. So they start some of them even in the narrations in the Sirah said some of them of the Yahud, they start even breaking their windows, taking the windows, taking the doors, putting it on the camel, putting it on the horses. And that's where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يُخْرِبُونَ بِيُوتَهُمْ بِيَيْدِيَهُمْ وَيْدِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ They destroy and they demolish their homes by their hands and the hands of the mu'mineen. And they took everything and they left. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave all of that to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam distributed among the muhajireen and some of the poor people of Ramah Ansar. So this is surah. The Quran, Surah Al Hashr. And in that Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks in one ayah, in one ayah, says, وَمَا آتَاكُمُ الرَّسُولُ فَخُذُوهُ وَمَا نَهَاكُمْ عَنْهُ فَالْكَرِهُ. In one ayah, in that Surah, that talks about the story of Burn Nadir, what happened to them, how they plotted and planned, and how the Munafiqeen, the heads of the Munafiqeen, Abdullah bin Ubayy, Abdullah bin Ubayy, he promised. Banu Nadir telling them, we are going to fight with you if Muhammad fights you. We are going to fight you, fight with you if Muhammad fights you. And if you are, if you have been excited from your land, we will leave also with you. But when the time came and they were sieged, as usual with the Munafiqeen, then he says, no, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to go and fight with you. 
So that's what the monafikim will do the Antichrist will do. Promising things, but they don't deliver on it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has spoken about that in also in Surah Al Hashr. So in Surah Al Hashr, is an important ayah for us these days. Yes, the story of Ben Nadir is over. It's a history, but there are many lessons from it. We have to be careful when we're dealing with non Muslims. We have to understand their mentality and their way of thinking, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran. When we recite the Quran and we read the Quran, there is it in it, there are lessons for us. So we know how to deal with each other. We the Muslims know how to deal with each other and know how to deal with Ahl Dhimma, know how to deal with other people. All of that is stated in the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala doesn't want us just to keep it to the Quran. So he's telling us, Whatever the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told you to do, do. And whatever he prohibited you from doing, don't do that. Stay away from it. Command from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we need to follow and listen to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Understand the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Understand the actions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Completely understand his way of life. Because that's part of the wahi. These days, these days in the Muslim world, and in the Western world, wherever you go, you will see a trend of people coming and saying, we only believe in the Quran. We only believe, we believe in the Quran only. And that's dangerous in our youth. Dangerous to us, if we come and say, we only believe in the Quran. And whatever believe, whatever revealed in the Quran only. Because in the Quran, this is the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but the Sunnah of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there are many types of hadith. There is a hadith, what's so called a hadith, which is a hadith kadiba. It's not a hadith, it's false. And there is hadith da'if, and there is hadith ahad, and there is hadith mutawatir, and there is hadith hasan, and there is all this classification of hadiths. This is confusing. This is the angle that they come from. The anger that they come and attack our minds, especially the one who doesn't know about the hadith. He doesn't know about the science of the hadith. He doesn't know how the hadith was collected. He will fall into that trap quickly. Because he doesn't know. He will be looking at hadith, whether hadith da'if, weak hadith. Hadith hasan, good. Hadith is strong. What's all of that? People are talking about al-Bukhari. There is this trend that's going now. People, they want to take us away from our deen. And that is separating the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ from our life. They want us just to look for solutions from the Quran only. And if it's not in the Quran, then the seer of the Prophet ﷺ, there are doubts about the seer of the Prophet ﷺ. They start implanting that. But we, we the Muslims, we have to understand our deen well. We have to look at our Quran. When the Quran comes and says, The Quran that you are telling me just to look for solutions in the Quran, 
the Quran that you're telling me that this is what I will follow is telling me that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I need to listen to him and I need to follow his way of life and I need to follow everything that he says. And anything that he's prohibiting, I need to avoid it. That's the understanding that we need to put, that we need to understand that the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is an integral part of his deen. And anyone who denies it, He's out of the fold of Islam. He's out of the fold of Islam. So someone comes and says, I will only look for solutions in the Quran. I will only look for issues in the Quran. I will only listen to the Quran only. But I will not look for the Sirah. I will not look at the Hadith. He's separating our deen. He's splitting the deen. He is not following the deen of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is not following the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that revealed revealed to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is following his hawa. He is following his desires. He is following what he is thinking is right. Which is just the Quran. And Allah in the Quran says that we need to follow Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَا يَنْتَقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحِي يُوحَى he doesn't say things out of his of his hawa and house of his out of his desires. It's wahi. All what he says is wahi. So that's part of the Quran. So that's where we have to go. We as Muslim community, we as Muslims, if we want to go and preserve this deen, preserve this deen to the second generation, to the youth, to the young men who are here sitting here with us here, they need to know and be able to answer. Questions like this. Questions like this, they need to be answered. Today I was given a class in my Saturday school. And I was talking about this ayah. And one of the girls, she said, I had this discussion last week, last week with a Muslim who is in high school, comes and says that I will only follow what's in the Quran. I don't believe in the Sunnah. It's not a must. This is this is our youth. This is what we are producing. We have to go and prepare ourselves and prepare our children well. If I had to sit down with my children and with my youth and explain to them the science of the hadith, how the hadith was collected, how the hadith was authenticated. How it was collected and compiled together, I need to do it because I'm preserving his iman. I'm preserving his iman. I'm doing it for myself because it's my duty to go and teach my, my, my children Islam. And at the same time, it's for him to protect his deen. When he goes into high school, when he goes to university, when he goes outside, parents are not there. If he doesn't have that and he doesn't understand it and he doesn't have that shield, that's protecting him, which is the understanding of these issues, he will be lost. He will be lost and he will be dragged into atheism and all kinds and he will be rejecting Islam. So brothers and sisters, this being is there for us to understand it, not just the Quran. We have to talk about how the Quran was compiled and gathered. We have to talk about how the Sunnah and the Hadith of the Prophet were compiled. 
because this is the new trend that's happening in the world right now. And remember the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Everyone is looking at Islam, it's a threat. It's a threat. Everyone is looking at it as a threat because it's a way of life. In the Allah Islam, Islam is a way of life. Islam has economical system. Islam has social system. Islam has judicial system. Islam has all things that we need to live our life, not just to worship. And non-Muslims understand this. People in power understand this very well. And that's why they're plotting and planning all of this to separate our youth. Not just in the West, not just in the West, in the Muslim land, the same issues. Because the Muslim land also, they are they have the same mind and the same mentality. Same thing. So it's at our shoulders and it's our duty to go and understand what the Quran is, understand the importance of the Sunnah, understand, understand all of these challenges that are happening in the society and take an action. And the action is we go and understand it. Then we believe in it so we can protect ourselves. Because at the end, I'll be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. I will be answering alone and I'll be finishing in a minute inshallah. I will be answering alone. You will be standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. You will be answering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So if you're strong in your iman, you will be successful and you will have your book in your right hand. But if you have doubts, if you have doubts and these doubts lead you to a wrong path, well, you will be taking your book in your left hand and you don't want to take it in your left hand. We don't want to see him fire and we don't want you to see him fire. So take action. And the action is understanding the Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Understand what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wants from you. And understand what Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala wants you to, to avoid. And if I said something wrong, it's from me. And if I said something that's right, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.